Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And today we are going to be talking about the third segment of Trial of a Time Lord, Terror of the Vervoids. And uh, we'll be getting to that in just a second. Before we do, I want to remind everybody that we're from the website GeekShowEntertainment.com where we like geeky stuff and occasionally we talk about geeky stuff like Doctor Who on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion as well as Movie Nighty Geek Show, Have You Met Ted, A Couple of Geeks, and Super Geeks. And you can listen to those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, go to the website, join our community, and comment on episodes, articles, and audio blogs that we regularly post on the site. If you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, even if you don't, help us out by leaving an iTunes review iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. You can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, and suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. And you're going to want to be doing that. Um, send us emails, tdc at geekshow.us, because we're going to be reading emails on the show next week if we have enough. So, mailbag! Woo! Mailbag! Woo. All right, so... Uh, give us the uh, background and significance for uh, Terror of the Vervoids. Okay, well, uh, Terror of the Vervoids, as we were talking about, uh, and have been talking about for the past two weeks, is the third segment in the Trial of a Time Lord storyline. Is the storyline that takes place in the future. If Mind Warp took place in the relative present and the Mysterious Planets took place in the past, this is an adventure from the Doctor's future, in a way, providing a template for what Colin Baker's stories would have looked like moving forward. Um... As with the other segments uh, so far, this one's got a little bit to talk about. There's a lot, if you look into it, about how uh, Nathan Turner and Eric Sayward wanted to do a bunch of uh, two-part stories to try and uh, maximize viewership because people watch first episodes more than they watch later episodes, like modern-day comics. Um, So uh, they wanted to do three two-part episodes they wanted to do kind of a six-part episode to end up the whole trial but um uh, robert holmes was like no i'll just write the last two parts so they were like okay well we're gonna write two more two-part episodes with the first two parts being from the doctor's future and then another two parts of something else um <laughs> also from the doctor's future. also from the doctor's future um <laughs> and use the same sets but tell a completely different story um kind of like ark in space and revenge of the cybermen um, and they went through a bunch of writers. They went through uh, uh, some guys. I just I just had them in front of me. It was um, oh uh, let me see. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Trevor Jack Trevor Story and David Hallowell, but they eventually scrapped those because they weren't uh, producible or something. Uh, they tried for uh, 
Christopher Bidmead, who did Legopolis and Castrovalva and Frontias. Uh, he was also supposed to write a story called The Hollows of Time for the original season 23, which we're in. Um, by the way, I've heard The Hollows of Time. They produced it at Big Finish a couple uh, last year, and it was horrible. Um, it was, it was, I mean, I just, I'm not going to say it anywhere else, but the hollows of time was pretty awful. Um, like, I don't even know what happened. And Colin Baker read the script and performed it and doesn't know what happened. So, oh, it was that one. Okay. Yeah, that one, that one. Um, wow. so, uh, Bidmead was writing a story and then Eric Sayward kind of threw it out because he just didn't like it. Um, and then another guy, um, PJ Hammond, who created the other British sci-fi show Sapphire and Steel, which I've never seen, uh, wrote a story called Paradise Five, which I actually was also released in the same set as um, Hollows of Time, and I loved. I thought Paradise Five was great, um, but Nathan Turner hated the idea of Paradise Five because he's Jonathan Nathan Turner and threw it away. Um, so then, because um, they were literally running out of time, they went to uh, Pip and Jane Baker, who were the who was this married couple. Um, and they had worked on Mark of the Ronnie in the past season and introduced the Ronnie and the Master together. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, They're quality writers then, right? No. No. <laughs> Mark of the Ronnie, I hate. I cannot stand Mark of the Ronnie. Um, Is there a good Ronnie story? I'm going to go with no. No, no. I'm just going to no. go with no. No, there's not a good Ronnie story. There's not. Um, and they would also go on to continue the Ronnie in the next season with Time and the Ronnie, and we'll talk a oh, bit more. Oh, they wrote that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're Ronnie people. Uh, Okay. Yeah, they they go back to the well a lot. Um, so they wrote this, um, and they wrote it really quickly. Um, and they got director Chris Clow, who would eventually go on to direct a couple other stories during Sylvester McCoy's run to direct it. Um, and I guess he did a good job. Uh, it's also, but like, so that's where it comes from. The Nathan Turner turned to Pip and Jane Baker because they could write a really quick story that was producible and on time, regardless of quality, um, which quality we're talking about in just a minute. Um, so that's why he brought him in. Uh, it's also introduced, this story is also interesting because it's the introduction of Mel, who everyone seems to hate. Uh... I actually like Mel. I think she's really interesting. Um, this is probably her best story. Um, either this or Ultimate Foe, which we'll talk about next week. Um, because I eventually... I liked her fine. Yeah, no, she's great in this, I think. Um, she's, like, not an amazing companion, but, you know, they kind of need to go back to basis because at this point, you know, Mel does a good job. Unfortunately... the problem with her is that she's too quirky. Like, she has too... They were, they were like... Because cause this takes place in this future, and we don't see their first story together, and we don't get an introduction of Mel, they needed to – they kind of overdid the idea that she's been traveling with him for like three months at this point. Sure. Um, and so and, – and the way they did that was like, look at all these in-jokes they have. See? Like she's a vegetarian, and she makes him eat healthy, and she's trying to make him lose weight, and blah, blah, blah. And like – they were trying to do all these things, and she was, like, really into aerobics, and, <laughs> like, it's just, I like, I think they were just trying too hard to make her feel like an established companion. Sure. Um, and because of that, I think it, it sort of makes her kind of irritating. I can yeah. see people seeing her as that irritating. Mm -hmm. Also, say. people didn't, didn't want Spunky me. I liked her. back in the day. Um, you know, this sort of bubbly, like, bubblegum personality that Mel, that Mel seems to have is a far cry from someone like Tegan, who I imagine was more popular back in the 80s than she is now, I, th I think. 
so um that's mel um this is also it's also interesting because uh after the death of perry which we talked about last week uh they needed a new companion so you know mel was introduced um but <laughs> eric sayward uh script editor at the time hated uh the concept of mel he thought that he was that she was stupid and didn't like nathan turner anyways but didn't like the choice for uh, bringing in a character like Mel. He also really hated the fact that Nathan Turner basically stunt cast Mel because Bonnie Langford was a, was a children's actor in England at the time. Um, and when she was cast as Mel, she was literally playing Peter Pan in a stage musical, um, like a well-renowned stage musical. So Sayward hated it. And between Ver, like Vervoids getting cat, uh, Vervoids happening from the bakers and Sayward hated the drafts and, Mel getting cat, uh, Mel getting cast um, by as Bonnie Langford, or Bonnie Langford getting cast as Mel. Um, Sayward just kind of quit uh, because <laughs> because um, that's what that's what Sayward was doing at this point. He was just really, really angry and such. So Hello? Hi. Hi. Sorry, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize it happened. But I just said that this is around the time that Eric Sayward quit because he hated Bonnie Langford. Oh, okay, hold on. He just he just hated her. So he yeah. just he left. So he stays on during this whole period that he hates the doctor, but then the companion was just too much to handle. Yeah, him. and he didn't like Vervoids. Um, I mean, that was a lot of it. Like, you know, he wasn't super impressed by it. Like, cause he just can't make a guy happy, I guess. Um, he I didn't like this guy just didn't want to work on this show. I think you might not be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all evidence is the contrary. Like this guy has proven, Eric Sayward has proven that he clearly did not understand the Cybermen. Uh, he clearly did not like Colin Baker. He had no interest in writing the doctor in his own stories. Um, so he just kind of left. And good riddance. Um, but we'll have more on Sayward's quitting next week. Um, I also want to mention uh, that it's never talked about, really. Uh, not that I not that I know of, anyway. But um, apparently, the like the story in which uh, Mel joins the Doctor is like because I guess she's like a uh, a modern day like like you know from 1986 at the time, you know, modern day, mm -hmm. um, a 1986, uh, computer programmer. And she works at a bank and she works at a bank that the master then tries to like take over and like use her to program all of the computers in the world to give him all the money. <laughs> <laughs> this was her origin story. <laughs> the the doctor saves the day or whatever, and then she starts to travel with the doctor. That's so, funny. Yeah. I'm wondering – I think my theory is that the master just, you know, like he saw Superman 3. was like, hey. <laughs> if I steal idea. all the half pennies, <laughs> yeah. I can have tons of pennies. Right. Exactly. <laughs>
Exactly. Yeah. Well, the thing about Mel that makes her really interesting to me, although they never played with this because they never really had the opportunity, was um, Mel is like a modern-day River song because she shows up in this, and we're seeing the events from the Doctor's future, so the Doctor hasn't experienced this yet. And when Mel shows up next week, which she'll, she'll show up next week, um, she's already gone through Vervoids. Um, so when the Doctor and Mel take off in the TARDIS next week, it'll have been after Mel has started traveling with the Doctor, but before the Doctor started traveling with her, which is kind of an interesting dynamic that they never really played with. Um, well, to be fair, they didn't really get much of a chance to. <laughs> they really didn't. Um, uh, so, Why that. they even continued with Mel, honestly? That's, that's a whole discussion. That's kind we'll, of a head-scratcher. Nah, it makes sense. I mean, honestly, they they continued with Mel A because Nathan Turner liked Mel, and B because at the end of Trial, Nathan Turner, like when Trial aired, Nathan Turner went on a vacation and was like, okay, well, I'm done with Doctor Who, bye everybody, and he came back from like a six-week vacation. It was January, no, it was like late January, early February, and he went back to the BBC and said, okay, what's my job? And they're like, you're producing Doctor Who. He's like, no, I quit that. And they're like, if you quit Doctor Who, Doctor Who is cancelled. And he's like, well, that can't happen. I love Doctor Who. And they're like, well, tough. So he basically had something like four months to scrap together an entire season, a new Doctor, and a new companion. But instead of firing Mel, he just kept Mel on as a state of continuity. Wow. That's a whole story. This is a fascinating time for Doctor Who. <laughs> it really is. It really is. How it's is pers- there not... How, how? How is there not anyone but him? out there wanting to produce Doctor Who at the time. Well, it's not like... I mean, I guess it's because Doctor Who had really, like, fallen out of favor with people. Um, Doctor Who as a show doesn't really fit... Sorry, it doesn't really fit into the 80s. Um, uh, Like, you know, the 80s are a very cynical time with, you know, violence and action and people talking all hardcore. Um, And that's not really the sort of, like like bouncy happy place that doctor who can kind of be um so that's why there was that and then you know the bbc really hated doctor who at this time Uh, or at least the people in charge of the bbc were like screw doctor who um and they wanted it canceled it's amazing that it lasted as long as it did that's fascinating it really is really is all right well uh before we start really talking about uh terror of the vervoids and all of its glory question mark (laughs) Uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, we're sponsored by InStockTrades.com, and this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, American Vampire Volume 1 by Scott Snyder, Stephen King, and Raphael Albuquerque. And this book is available for fifteen forty nine, which is 30% off the suggested retail price of twenty nine ninety nine. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So links to InStockTrades.com. And also... Uh, the trade paperback version of American Va- Vampire Volume 1 is out now, and it's it's a little cheaper. So uh, you could get that if you wanted to follow along with whenever we get around to recording our review of that book. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, InStockTrades.com. Go there and uh, order $50 of stuff so you can get free shipping because that's fun. Always fun. Also, $50 of, of trades. Yeah, I mean, if you're careful with what you get, you can get quite a bit for 50 bucks. Yeah. Especially with their discounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. So, let's uh, let's get into part one, um, which 
we start, of course, at the trial, and uh, the doctor is still in a sense, in like a in like a, a state of shock after the um, after he has now seen slash remembered the death of his previous companion, and uh, so you know the the you know they're asking him like can can you continue are you good whatever and he's like all right fine here's now i'm going to show you a story um that's going to uh you know help me with my case like you're you know i'm not i you know you guys you got to pick two stories now i'm going to pick one so he picks one from his future which a i didn't know you could do because i thought <laughs> one of the rules was the one of the rules of time travel is you can't know anything about your future um so that's odd, I think. Yeah, they're um, murky on that science. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but uh, apparently, you know, he just he, he <laughs> not only did he go go and look at his future, but like unless he chose the very first thing that he found in his future, he probably <laughs> did a lot of research into his future. So yeah, really a head scratcher. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. I've always thought of him like so he like picked five adventures. Some of which were probably really, really spoilery, and just went. All right, I got this one. It's weird. Yeah, that's really strange. <laughs> so he picks. He picks uh, what is Terror of the Vervoids, and uh, we get introduced to Mel and and all that stuff. And uh, I, you know, I just here. Here's my thing with this story. Okay, like it's not great. it's not great and the vervoids just made me want to eat a salad (laughs) with a nice ripe tomato on top yeah 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 i know what you mean i know what you mean no it actually you know what their face their face looks like you know like when you go to like a like a chinese buffet and they've got those like those things that kind of look like rose petals oh yeah yeah, that's what their faces look like. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's pretty right. I it w- looks like one of those, like on top of a salad. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I didn't really mind it the first time. I actually quite liked it the first time I saw it. Um, and I just haven't watched it since then. And now I'm watching it. And I'm just like, this is not. It's not that it's bad. I don't think it's bad. It's just really boring. Yeah. And I don't really care about any of the characters. Yeah, I kept finding myself totally tuned out. <laughs> Which like is I was reading cracked articles, and then I would just be like, "Wait a second, what am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's about where I am. Also, um, in my recap, I will only be following the story of the doctor because I don't care about anyone else on the ship. So that. <laughs> I mean, whenever anyone else showed up, I was like, what's their name? Wait, why do I care? Oh, wait, I'm taking notes for this. And then I would just be like, you know what? I have no interest in their storyline, because really, it's all about the Doctor and Mel investigating basically a murder mystery on a spaceship, because them's all I care about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like the two of them in this. I, I wish I do that too. there was more of Mel and Colin Baker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're good. And I don't I, remember particularly liking Mel and Sylvester McCoy so much. 
Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Well, I mean, Mel and McCoy in their one season is a very weird, campy, silly, weird season. Um where the doctor's kind of like a clown the whole time, so it's not a, it's not the same. Uh, Mel and um, Colin Baker have done a couple audios together, and they're actually really good. One of the funniest audios ever is actually their audio. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like that. Yeah, it's called the One Doctor. If you're interested and you want to check out some like really funny Doctor Who story on audio, the One Doctor is pretty great, and it's Sixth Mel, and it's pretty awesome and funny. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So basically, I mean, really, <laughs> there isn't a whole lot to say about this. There's not. There's not. I'm almost tempted to just be like, can we just not recap it? I mean, here's the whole recap. Okay, ready? Here's the whole recap. <laughs> the Doctor and Mel land on a spaceship. They meet with people. They investigate. Mel is put in danger. Mel gets out of the danger. The Doctor rescues Mel from danger. They investigate some more. Mel is put in danger again. The Doctor investigates. The Doctor is smarmy and cool. The Doctor investigates some more. There's more investigating. Random scientist with mustache turns out to prove that scientists must scientists with mustaches are evil. Uh, he takes over the ship. He's randomly gassed. Some people randomly take over the ship. The Doctor stops that. The Doctor then commits genocide on the Vervoids. And then it ends. Uh, and then, just because apparently Time Lord, Time Lord Trials can just do this, <laughs> they changed the terms of his trial from from murder. Like, let's see, how many times did they change this? All right, it was from, meddling. It was meddling to to breaking the the like the second law of time or whatever to murder. And now to just straight up genocide. <laughs> it's like that episode of um. It's like the uh, when when Tom versus the Flash was doing the Flash trial, and all of a sudden the Flash walks into a trial expecting to be on trial for manslaughter, and then on the day of the trial, the 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 attorney just changes the charge to murder for absolutely no reason. It's a. I don't know if that's legal. I don't know I, if that's legal. I, I mean, apparently it's legal on Time Lord. Uh, but I don't, you know, that's... Yeah, but they have weird laws, so... Right, well, they're they're aliens, so they can just do whatever <laughs> Jonathan Nathan Turner wants them to. <laughs> which is, which is interesting. I mean, my one problem is, like, is, is, like, they have a good point, but, like, they kind of have to be weird with the justice. I mean, the Doctor really does commit genocide in this. Like, there's no mistake yeah. that he just wantonly commits genocide. But... Maybe the Valyard should have picked this story instead of the, you know, the ones that didn't really prove his point. Right. <laughs> right, but he hadn't carefully edited, though. <laughs> I edited this one yet. <laughs> Which is my favorite because this one still has some really inventive editing with the random shot of the Doctor holding an axe in the communications room. Which I'm just yeah. like, that's doctored. And the Doctor's like, that's doctored. And then everyone's like, no... No, it's not. It's and not he's like, that. I I just watched it. That didn't happen. <laughs> I was like, no, I I think you're lying to us right now. I think you just made that up. And it's like he doesn't see. Here's the thing that I hate, and this is just bad writing, just in general. And this is there are so many shows guilty of this multiple times, where you have a character that doesn't believe something, and rather than the character saying. 
here's why you should believe me. This. Rather than just saying the this, they're like, no, but, ah, uh, you don't understand. But, ah, uh, it's more like th- more than that. And, like, like, just freaking say it. Like, there's so many shows that do that. And here they did it, too, because it's like, it's like, they're like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't really believe you. The doctor could just say, okay, then why would I pick a story in which I'm an axe-wielding... <laughs> like, <laughs> like why, why would I pick this story? Why, why would I show this? If I was guilty, why would I show this for my defense? Like, it's, it's just common sense. Like, like that's, just, that's the common sense thing to say in this situation. For the doctor to say, would be like, if this was true, why would I choose this to show as my defense? <laughs> trumped. Like, trumped. She would not be able to say anything at that point. No, no. She'd be like, oh, you know what? You're right. What the hell's going on, Valyard? <laughs> and then the Valyard would be like, he's lying. Uh... He's lying. He's lying. Clearly he's lying. And she's like... You know what? Clearly you're right. <laughs> because apparently Gallifreyans are idiots. <laughs> Which they are. They're very yeah. gullible. They're very gullible. Uh, but seriously, I hate when people do... Like, I can't even imagine how many times I'm screaming at my TV during Angel and Buffy when, like, people are like, He's a vampire! And I'm like, yeah, but he's a, uh, he's a vampire with a soul. Nobody ever says that! Ever! Ever! <laughs> There's like, no, but he's different. The vampires can't be different. No, but he is. He's different. Just say he has a soul. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, it's one of that those been frustrating a, things. That would have uh, probably saved them a lot of heartache back in the day. Yeah, a yeah. lot of heartache. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but man, then there would be funny. no drama, right? So then, oh, right, I guess right. that doesn't make good TV? Question mark. Yeah, but at, at, at what expense? At Exa- what expense? At the extent, the expense of everyone's like, just. Uh, everyone looking like a moron and me screaming at my TV. <laughs> That's what the expense is. Oh, God, I love Art. that shot. When I saw that shot, I was like, wow, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> I also really love the shot where when we were revealing who is the, the, the whodunit in this situation, uh, when we're revealing that, and he first says, he first says, Something about the vervoids. We just get a random shot of a vervoid. Just in case we forgot what those were. <laughs> yeah, it's a- like, the vervoids. And then there's a shot of a vervoid. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's what a vervoid is. See, this whole time I had no idea. I thought they were called crazy weird plant things with suckers on the end of their hands. <laughs> that's what I thought they were called. But I, they I thought they me. were, I thought they were, uh, you know... Uh, Turned down designs for us a, a swamp thing. <laughs> See, I thought those were the Megarians. That makes so much more sense now. Okay. Alright. Alright. Oh, See, this is really not as confusing when you really get down to it. Um, yeah, I don't no, know. It just I, sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking at it, like, I was just watching it, and there's, like, a bunch of really obvious stuff. Like, I love the... There's that random shot of, like, the murder in the Orient Express just dropping off of a, off of a table. Just to be like, we know what you're thinking. Like, are you kidding? Really? Really? This is well, what's I happening? I was reading it earlier. Yeah, yeah, well, doesn't really, make a difference. Does make a difference. The really awful lady. I, yeah, the, uh, the scientist chick who was uh, pretty horrible. Uh, I, <laughs> I, just, I love, I just, 
Like, seriously. Like, I love that she comes up and she's just like, you guys are idiots. You put I, – I, where are – you lost my luggage. I don't even – I went to my room and they weren't in there. And they're like, that's because your room's not six. It's nine. You have it turned upside down. He's like – she's like, well, they better be in there. <laughs> There's so there's just so many characters in this I just can't stand. Yeah, this story doesn't work. Nor does it even work as a mystery. Like I I don't know the murder murder on the Orient Express thing just gets to me. Just like could you be more on the nose? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? They thought they were really clever too. <laughs> like they usually hear them talk about them the talk talk about that. Like, how they have the scientist lady reading that book. Like, you should hear them talk about that. Like, they're just like, they're just like, yeah, see, because this was, it's totally, I mean, it's just like an Agatha Christie novel, the story. And so we had one of the characters reading an Agatha Christie. It was, I mean, I thought, I, it's, it's just, let me just pat my, my myself on the back harder. This is just... <laughs> So smart and clever. We're awesome. I love, that, I love that they think they're clever because they added the inspiration into the thing that it inspired. Yep. That's not clever. No. And I love, too, that they're also – they also pat themselves on the back by saying, like, the, the killer could have ended up being anybody. <laughs> they're like, that's what makes this story so good. It could have been anybody. And they're like, um – well, that's the thing. In watching this my, for my second time and reading about it several other times since then, I was watching it and I was like, wait, who's the killer? And I honestly could not remember. <laughs> that is that is a failure. That, yeah. that is failure. That's not that's not that. <laughs> I mean I mean even at the end, like when you realize that it's Jufro guy who's the guy who is the killer, not mustache guy. Um it's like, alright, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but he dies know. by getting stabbed in the hand <laughs> by well, by a walking salad. <laughs> that sounds like a fitting end for the story that he um, thinks is trying to shake his hand. <laughs> I laugh so hard at that because he's just <laughs> like, "No, we're friends. Friends? We're friends. Oh, you're shaking my hand because we're friends. Yes." And then he gets stabbed in the hand. <laughs> like a thorn. And, and it dies. looks and looks so betrayed. <laughs> How dare you stab me like, in the hand with Dude, that they're thorn. not surrounding you to give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you did so much for us. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think when you get down to it, like, the vast inconsistency in the story, randomly the security guard decides that he's taking over the ship. Like... That happened. Uh, yep. He's teaming up with the mag with the Magreen or whatever. That happened. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just like mm, I don't think it's a very good story, Pippin Jane Baker. I just don't think it is. Also, I really hate that the Doctor knows this guy. Apparently, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, my old friend." And I was like, "Who's this guy?" And I look it up, and it's like, <laughs> despite the Doctor pretending that or acting like he knows this guy. He's never appeared in a story before or since. And I'm like, okay, that's that's just, that's not good. And it makes sense because that character sucked. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's fine to do that sort of thing with Winston Churchill mm-hmm. because 
He's Winston Churchill. Everybody knows who Winston Churchill is. It's fine to do things like that with huge figures in history. It's not okay to do that with some random guy. <laughs> it's just not. And you know that, that Pip and Jane Baker were just like, this guy's going to be the next brigadier. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, and also, like, they did the same thing in uh, The Twin Dilemma. They were, um, you know, there's the, the old man time lord who the doctor randomly knows right that's my that's my one thing about the nathan turner era that i really hate like you see that happen all the time where like it's not enough that nathan turner has to constantly be reminding people of better stories that happened in the past you know like attack of the cybermen reminds you of tomb of the cybermen and the invasion and all sorts of stuff but like he has to go out and go create his own fake continuity and i'm just like why? What does that? And, and then pr- like refer to it as though it's something that needs to be referred to. Like when I was watching the Twin Dilemma for the first time, I was like, "Who's this Asmodel guy? Is he a thing? Do we know of him? I don't know. Is that is that right?" And then all of a sudden, uh, no, no, he's not anyone we've ever heard of, nor will we ever hear of them again. It's so weird. It's uh, so weird. Uh, uh, Matt, he is in the class of of students that. That the doctor was a part of with the master and the Ronnie. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm yawning because I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. Same thing happens in Time Lash, where like Time Lash is constantly saying stuff like, "Oh, doctor, don't you remember that one time that you hung out with us that one time?" And the doctor's like, "No," um, or not even no, but he's like, "I went here before," and we're just like, "So is this a thing?" And it's not. It's not. Like, they just yeah. made it up for the sake of making it up. I'm like, does it really help that you did that? I do no. think it's funny that those four Time Lords, though, could be... Like, if there was a sorting hat involved, they would all go in separate houses. Like, <laughs> <laughs> because, obviously, As the Doctor in Gryffindor, obviously the Master in Slytherin, Lorani, totally a Ravenclaw, and, uh, and that, that random dude would be a Hufflepuff just because... because- no one cares about the Hufflepuffs. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. And the Ronnies, you know, kind of mean, which Ravenclaws tend to be. I mean, look at Cho Chang. Cho Chang is a mean person. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It just, it, it all makes sense. Yeah. They all just went to Hogwarts. They're not Hogwarts. <laughs> what was it? I was like, oh, someone tweeted on Twitter the other day that their friend was um, sorting X-Men into, into Hogwarts houses. I would like to time lord to, to sort everyone into... Um, uh, Everyone in Doctor Who into Time Lord houses. Uh, you know, the Doctor, Gryffindor, I guess. Uh, Tegan would be in Slytherin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Mel would be in Hufflepuff. Yeah. No. That's a project for another day. Yeah. Adric would be Ravenclaw, because Ravenclaw are the smart people. And snooty. Slightly snooty. Right. Ravenclaw's unless unless it was alternate universe Adric, in which case Gryffindor all the way. Yeah, Gryffindor, 100%. <laughs> Gryffindors get swords. That's just fact. Gold ones. Gold ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't like this story. No. I just, I just... It's not even that it's bad. It's just not Like, good. I don't like it so much that I don't even really want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, let's I'm talk just, about something else. I'm just trying to change the subject. <laughs> and I keep bringing you back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of... I'm like... I, I was thinking about it and I was like... So excited to talk about Trial. And, like, you know, the first two were really good. Like, I really like the first two stories, and this one just is not good. 
It's like, yeah. Now I'm like, now I'm like, maybe we shouldn't talk about trial. And then next week I'm like, no, we should talk about trial every week. That's just <laughs> that's what I'm gonna be like, especially when we talk about the second oh. last part. Wait, so this Commodore guy came back and proposes to Evelyn? I want to die. Does he? Yeah. Apparently, in Instruments of Darkness. I don't even know what story that is. Oh wait, no. Uh. <laughs> No, okay, okay. All right. Instruments of Darkness is apparently is a novel in which they reference Big Finish's evil and stuff and says, okay, just another reason to hate the novels. That's all. Yeah, no, basically. Which they're, just the... like, they're just like, let's screw up Big Finish's continuity too. <laughs> well, that's my favorite thing is like if you look at it, like even Evelyn has a person who she kind of – gets together with through the big finish years. And, like, why would you mess with that? Uh. I mean, I guess the Commodore is just really down with uh, rejection. I think that's what he's really down with. Yeah. Well, yeah, she doesn't... The doctor talks her out of it. <laughs> Good. Uh, out, of the, Good. out of the proposal, so... Good. Yeah. Apparently. I don't know. Thanks, Pip and Jane Baker, for helping out with Doctor Who. <laughs> They gave us such classic stories like the twin dilemma. No, they didn't give us Ronnie. They didn't give us the twin dilemma. No, No, they didn't. No, no, no. no. That was someone else. That was someone else who was fired and never hired back on Doctor Who again. Oh, that's good. (laughs) No, they did Mark and the Ronnie this time and the Ronnie and then the last part of Trial and Timeline. So. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that... Hold on. Okay. Are you telling me that in the last part of Trial of a Time Lord, we go from Robert Holmes to Pip and Jane Baker? Yeah. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, dear God. Yeah, it's a bit of a drop-off. Um, uh, a bit? <laughs> a bit. Just a bit. Oh, God. Just a little bit. I didn't mind it the first time I watched it. When I watched it again, I was like, ooh, this isn't good. But, but, I will say this, and this is just a teaser for next week. When you consider how impossible the task they had to do was, what they turned out is nothing short of miraculous. Like, that it holds together as well as it does is kind of amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, though, here's the other thing. Uh, we'll also talk about this. Eric Sayward's script, not that much better. Not that much better. Because Eric Sayward also wrote part 14, but then he walked away with the script. But we'll talk about that next week. Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. and I have that script. I'll be sending it to you for oh, the God. alternate part 14. Okay. Well, uh, before we move on, remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures. Basically anything you can order from your local comic book shop, you can get from DCBService.com. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and then regular discounts of 40% off. Plus, when you pre-order your collected editions, you save 50% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like and you only pay $5.95 for flat rate shipping. Thanks to DCBService.com. All right, so next week, The Ultimate Foe. Two parts. Wrap up this sucker. Robert Holmes, Pip and Jane. Tons of background and significance. 
tons awesome. and tons and tons. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. That makes me scared. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of uh, tired for next week. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If it helps you, be scared. Because in the end of it, like, it's easily the best thing they ever wrote for the show. And it's actually pretty watchable. It's not good, but it's pretty watchable. All right. It's just unfortunate. It's just unfortunate. All right. Well, uh, so yeah, that's that's next week. Uh, and remember, guys, send in your emails, tdc at geekshow.us. Uh, Matt, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gungadin. Uh, you can also find me on uh, alternate Twitter account, uh, GD Commentary, where I live tweet stuff. Don't know what I'm live tweeting, but it'll probably be something cool, maybe. I don't know. Um, also, my blog, where I blog Classic Who. Uh, this week, we're talking Chime Lash. Um, and I would like to apologize to my girlfriend in advance for doing the writing on that one. Uh, so, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm at geekshowentertainment.com, of course, where uh, this week... I will be doing a review of Paranormal Activity 3 with Nick Jimenez at some point this week. Maybe. Possibly. That's the, that's the plan anyway. Um, so look for, <laughs> look out for that. And uh, if not, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, also, I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash Scott Corelli, uh, twitter.com slash Scott Commentary, where I also live tweet things. This week I live tweeted... Uh, the fly and uh, the howling because you know it's October so why not uh, right. the fly awesome the howling not so much uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I saw so I yeah, saw yeah yeah no that I still can't really tell you what that movie's about I'm not gonna lie um, but the fly is phenomenal uh, anyway, so if you want to see me live tweet some more horror movies, I'm probably going to do a few more before the end of the month. Uh, so keep an eye out there. Um, and then of course Sunday Trek, uh, which we do on Sundays, which you can tell by the name. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to, if you want to follow us for Sunday Trek, do that. Um, follow me at Scott Commentary. Follow. Matt at GD Commentary, follow Cassandra at Commentary Chick. So yeah. Um, also, Movie Night Geek Show, uh, we're doing horror movies for that as well. Uh, last week we did Night of the Creeps, um, which is really just... I really just feel like we just beat the crap out of John for an hour. <laughs> Yeah, I feel bad. I yeah. still feel bad about that. Like, I yeah. turned to my girlfriend, who usually listens to the episode. I was like, don't listen to this one. Don't, don't yeah. listen to this one. I feel bad. Yeah, because uh, we hated it, and he, he really loves that movie. It's like, like one of his favorite movies. Yeah, it's one of his favorite movies ever, and we both hated it. So, sorry, John. <laughs> this week we're doing Poltergeist, which should be interesting. Um, yeah, I'm looking hopefully. forward to that, actually. If for no other reason, then it's a movie that I probably should have seen by now and have not. Sure. So, yeah. there's that. Uh, also, geekbynight.net is my uh, webcomic, so go check that out. And then, and, and, and before, it's not out yet, but there's, there's like a, you know, a coming soon kind of image up right now. Go there, bookmark it, and I'll let you know when you can, when it's safe to check because there's stuff there to read. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's that. So there you go. All right. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, this episode was hard to do. Yeah. You don't, Like, just to those behind the scenes. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You guys, you guys get the episodes uh, once they're all, you know, finished and edited. And uh, this episode might be late this week. Just saying. Yeah. So just so you know, now that you're listening to it, it's very late. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Seriously, that part where that guy came in with the knife was really awful. I can't believe we had to edit that out. Oh. Best part? Not far from the truth. Not far from the truth. <laughs> Alright, well. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye, guys. Ultimate foe. Woo! Woo! Bye.